Welcome back to the Inner Network Podcast, where I chat with inspiring women about their career and advice to the next generation of founders, CEOs, and leaders in the industry. I'm your host, Kyla Kavalin, and today I'm joined by Adila Carter. After a decade-long career in criminal law, Adila decided to take a leap of faith and leave her 9-to-5 to pursue her passion for business and entrepreneurship. Adila is the founder of the Carter Strategy Group, a global consulting firm, and she is also the co-founder of Pitch Better, a Canadian startup that connects Black female entrepreneurs to funding. I hope you enjoy our conversation today, and as always, I'll be leaving all of her links in the show notes. Hi, Adila. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. Before we get into your companies, I want to know a little bit more about your career background and just your experience navigating the industry as a whole. It's so interesting because my background, I went to school, I went to university and I double majored in political science and economics. Um, So... From there, I went into the court system. I worked for the um, Ministry of the Attorney General for eight and a half years at the Ontario Court of Justice. And I loved it. I love the law. I love the justice system. It's just always been so intriguing to me. But then there was also this, there was always this entrepreneur side of me that, you know, I was always the friend in the group saying, hey guys, oh my gosh, let's start this business or let's do this. I always wanted like my my group with me doing it. So, so, and I've just always been like that. So finally, after I had my second daughter, I went back to work and it was so tough. I was like, how am I gonna do this? Um, You know, working full-time and trying to be a mom full-time and doing it all was just so stressful and the money was really tight because we had enrolled her in Montessori school in Toronto and it was very expensive. And so I needed to supplement my income because I was like, Oh, I, I'm, I don't even have like extra money to do my nails or pamper myself or buy myself something nice. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I started this little work from home business. And my goal was to make like an extra $500 a month. And I ended up making like $1,400 in my first month. And it was selling these products that I loved. And I was like, okay, if I love it, my girlfriends are going to love it. And it just like snowballed. Everybody loved these products. And so that was like my first introduction to sales. And, you know, I had studied marketing and all of that in school. And it just all came very natural to me. I was learning about business and sales and marketing and being organic and authentic. And I was so intrigued. I loved it. And I just wanted to know, how do I become the best at this? How do I, how, what's the key to success? That was my thing. And so I just dove in a year later, I was able to leave my job, leave my full-time job And I did it and I was able to work at my business full time. 
And it was a combination of things. It was me really redefining what my definition of success had become because, you know, I loved the law and for a long time that was, that was my life. But, you know, when you become a mom, your priorities change. And my girls were my number one priorities now. And being successful didn't mean like making a certain amount of money. It was like that work-life balance for me. I wanted to be able to take my kids to school and pick them up from school and make them dinner and put them to bed and, and be a part of their lives, like raising them. But I also wanted to be a boss. I also wanted to be someone that was contributing to society, to society in a positive way and like making my own way. So it was figuring that out and that like figuring that out was what success was to me. So I remember doing research and seeing like women doing work from home businesses or starting their own businesses and making five figures a month. And I was like, Oh my gosh, wow. If she can do it, so can I. So I was just inspired by women doing this already and talking to them, connecting with them, um, learning from them was what really started me out in this. Yeah. And I feel like to you mentioned, so you were in law, so you must have had such a structured day to day. And going from that to running your own business was probably such a, it was just the polar opposite. So what was it like adjusting to that? Yeah, it was, you know, I had my schedule for the week. I knew exactly what I was doing day to day, um, working for the Ontario Court of Justice. So when I started my own business, I knew I had to make a schedule. I had to, I, ha- I think that's one of the most important things for entrepreneurs is to have a plan right? And you have a 10-year plan, a five-year plan, a three-year, one-year, six months, three months, 90 days, um, monthly, weekly, and day-to-day. And that is how I broke everything down. So my day-to-day, I would create a six list and I would have three business-related things that I had to get done that day and three personal things that I had to get done. So it could have been um, for business doing invoicing. Um, And then for my personal, maybe making sure I did my grocery shopping for for myself and the kids that day. And just like having those plans was everything to me because it's the little things that we do every day that make that by the end of the week or the month, you're like, wow, I accomplished that goal. Like this big goal just took these little steps. And if you can do a little bit every day, then you will get to the outcome that you want. So, and that works for everything. So, you know, when you're creating a 90 day plan, it's like, okay, I got to accomplish this in the next 90 days to get to my six month goal you know, and to get to my one year goal, to get to my five year goal. So I saw everything and I understood how to break things down to be really successful. Yeah. And I think that also goes really hand in hand with setting boundaries for yourself. And, you know, you obviously run 
both of your companies, but at the same time, you're also a mom. So you do have to like set those boundaries and just make sure you don't, you know, burn out, I guess. 100% definitely have to set boundaries. I, I would work seven days a week and then, and even now we are so busy because um, one of the companies that I co-founded, Pitch Better, we're scaling so quickly. Myself and my business partner, Moy Henry, we are just every single day it is countless phone calls, meetings, Zooms, and, you know, speaking with lawyers. And it's just so much happening all the time that I find myself, I found myself getting a little bit of burnout. So now I'm just like, okay, Sunday, no, but like the month of November, I've, I'm like Sundays, I'm not working on Sundays. And I'm actually scheduling like self-care and the things that I need on Sundays to make sure it's done. And I'm looking at my schedule and I'm like, wow, like Mondays, you know, just trying to be like, okay, we'll do four meetings on Monday (laughs) and like try to cap it maybe at four for Pitch Better. Um, I'm also doing a contract for the government right now with my other business. So it's like, there's a lot happening, a lot that has to be scheduled. And then the girls, right? My girls, luckily we don't have swimming and gymnastics and dance and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm getting a break there, but they, again, like I have to make sure that they're staying on top of their schoolwork and um, life plays the piano. So, you know, every Wednesday we're doing virtual piano lessons and making sure they're okay um, with this whole pandemic and this way of life. Cause like you said, you know, we thought this was gonna be like a month, maybe two months. Like we had no clue that this was gonna be life for 2020. Yeah. And I loved that you schedule in those self-care moments on your Sunday and I mean, thank you for doing this podcast on a Saturday. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, you're like, and that's the thing. I had a consultation earlier today. Um, Amoy and I had to jump on a call with an attorney today. Um, I'm doing this right now. And then seven o'clock, I'm jumping on another meeting. So Saturdays are just like, but I did get to yeah. go to the mall. I did run yeah. to the mall. <laughs> like a start, but literally everything has to be scheduled out. And then this morning I had some free time as well, where I was just like laying on the couch and reading a book. And I, th- I think too, it's really important to just make sure you're not feeling guilty when you do just relax and take time for yourself. I think that's huge. Yeah. So I want to get back into, I want to backtrack a little bit with when you started Carter Strategy Group and then when you started Pitch Better, I feel like a lot of female founders and just founders in general have a hard time of deciding when it's the right time to start their own business and quit their full-time job. So Mm -hmm. what was that moment like for you when you knew that, okay, it's time for me to start my job, like my business, and it's time for me to quit my full-time job? How did you decipher that? For me, it was when my job, when when your full-time job starts costing you money, then you know it's time to go. So... For me, it was like, I'm in court, you know, at 10 a.m., but at 10 a.m., I have a consultation that would pay me my day's wage, right? And I would have eight of those lined up for the day. So I would be making eight times more 
if I was doing this full time than being here in the courtroom. So that's when I knew that, okay, it's okay. I can go. And other factors played into it as well for me. Like I said, my girls were a priority. Um, So those were the two deciding factors for me. I didn't know how I would do it without doing that. And I was committed to like learning and, and doing the work that it took to be successful. You know, I knew every day I had to get up and work because there's no guaranteed paycheck coming at the end of two weeks, right? You have to create the, you create this. And as an entrepreneur, I think that's probably the most stressful thing. Like you, you know, setting yourself up for success. It was, it was like, it was scary at times. Yeah, definitely. And I can only imagine what that felt like. And I think for you specifically, going from law to strategy and consulting, what sparked your passion to really transition into a different industry? I think it was all of like, you know, when I was doing sales and all of the women that were asking me for advice in these areas. And I guess because I had taken taken marketing and um, business programs in school, I was really knowledgeable about it and, it and it came very easy to me. I understood what worked and what didn't work. So I was consulting with hundreds of women a year and traveling, doing it. And so I was just like, okay, I'm just going to actually create the business now. Um, create the structure for the business and um, myself and my sister, she's my partner at Carter strategy group. We, we registered the business and we um, created the systems and the work just came. It was, it is incredible. You know, Carter strategy group, we focused on brand development and digital marketing and we found ourselves representing corporate clients, Canadian clients across the nation. And it's a blessing. It is, we were, we honor the work that we do and we are grateful for our clients and we're just working with them to portray really what they want their customers. They love and appreciate their customers so much. So it's just navigating them through the space that they have no clue. You know, social media is hard, a hard place to navigate for a lot of people. So teaching them and, and doing that work for them is, is a blessing for us. Mm -hmm. I feel like too, with, when it comes to the industry that you're in, it's so competitive too. So how do you differentiate yourself when it comes to being, you know, an authentic company and having authentic relationships. Because I feel like some companies really just take advantage of whether it's the client, the budget, and they don't really have the best interest in mind for your client. And it seems like, you know, you've gotten, you know, all these businesses and clients and they really do trust you and they value your opinion. So how have you differentiated your company from others? And they do. And I think they trust us and we trust them. So we haven't taken on any companies that kind of compromise our like morals or values. We work with a uh, a supplement com- company here in Canada and 
their supplements are whole foods, they're processed, you know, according to Health Canada standards. It's healthy things for people. Whereas if it was, you know, chemical based and artificial, we probably wouldn't have signed on with them. So the match has, like, there has to be a match for us. And, you know, people probably, that's probably not as important um, Mm -hmm. to other companies. But for us, it was like, we can't stand behind something that we don't believe in. So we always have to believe in the client and the product or the service that they're providing. And that's how we've always done our business. It's interesting, most of our clients come from referrals. We just get referred from past clients or people that we've worked with. And that's how we've been able to be really successful in this in this business. Yeah, and in the, it's a two-way street, you know? Like you have to wanna to be partnering with the client and they wanna to have to be partnering with you. So I love that you do keep that in mind and that's at the core of your company and the core of your values. So earlier this year, I was reading that in 2019, funding for female founders increased, but only to 2.7%. So I feel like that number to me is crazy that only 2.7% of female founders are getting funded. So at what point did you realize that you had to start Pitch Better to really support female-led startups? Oh, wow. Pitch Better. Oh, it's Pitch Better. We say it's like, a, it's ordained by God, like this business. <laughs> so myself and my girlfriend, Amoy Henry, both entrepreneurs, both strategists, and she is this brilliant woman. Um, we were traveling a lot in 2019 and we were in the U.S. a lot. And we came back from one of our trips and we were just like, wow, you know, the stati- reading the statistics, you know, that were coming out of the U.S. and knowing that female entrepreneurs were the fastest growing group in the world, um, in the U.S., and then looking at Canada and thinking, okay, where, where are our stats? You know, like, what, what are we doing for female business owners um, here? And so Amoy and myself, we started Pitch Better. And we focus on leveraging market research and strategic insights to amplify growth in businesses founded by diverse entrepreneurs. And our focus is women. And we were just like, we're from Toronto, but what does it look like nationally? And can we take this on? Can we improve or, you know, really show what's happening across Canada? So we packed our bags and we headed to Vancouver, British Columbia last October and partnered with um, this incredible organization, Black Women Connect Vancouver and hosted our first workshop with diverse entrepreneurs, uh, female entrepreneurs. And we, it was incredible. We saw female entrepreneurs from every industry. Cannabis was represented, food and beverage, transportation. We were blown photography. It was just it was amazing to see it. We actually got so emotional hearing the stories, hearing these women's stories and where they came from and 
their businesses, right? And and we had different levels of, like they were all at different levels and also willing to collaborate with each other and build each other up. It was beautiful. Yeah. What would you say has been like the biggest positive change since starting Pitch Better in the industry when it comes to spotlighting, you know, women of color, businesses and startups? Uh, The positive change is that everything is kind of happening now. Um, You know, the civil unrest in the U.S., that came from the George Floyd killing and the Breonna Taylor killing has really amplified black voices. So now we have an opportunity to speak and people are listening. And so now business owners, you know, you saw like social media, you saw all of these influencers supporting black businesses and showing their support and, and sharing Black businesses across their platforms. And we just see Black businesses grow. And also, I think it's it's like the perfect storm. It's COVID. It's the civil unrest. It's the government of Canada announcing this Black entrepreneurship fund that they're going to release. It's like, okay, we're looking at Black entrepreneurs right now. And so we have a voice we have opportunities to collaborate. And for the first time, we feel like people are listening. So it's been incredible. And we hope, you know, it's, this is the work Amoy and myself were already doing. So it's like, okay, here's a little push. It's like, we got to the top of the roller coaster ride. And now we're just zooming down on this ride. It's, it's incredible. There's so much work to be done. Um, and we're, we're ready to do it. Yeah. It's truly amazing to see, you know, all of the support that's really been had, you know, the past few months, but what would you say other people can do to just continue that conversation, whether it's people individually or companies, like how can they continue this conversation to make sure that it doesn't get forgotten? Oh, I think it's just that. It's just continuing the conversation, continuing to do the work in this time, you know, in this pandemic, you want to be having conversations. You want to be supporting one another and amplifying each, each other's voices. And that, that should continue forever. We should always be collaborating, everybody you know, BIPOC, Black entrepreneurs, everyone. We should always just be having each other's backs and supporting each other's. When you're in a room, you know, speaking, you should be bringing up your other counterparts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's so important for even companies too to just continue the diversity inclusion programs. And I know I've seen a lot of companies, especially on LinkedIn, you know, hiring for those positions. So it's great to see. And I think we're definitely moving in a positive direction. And I think it's great that people are educated and aware of everything that's going on. 100%. And I think, you know, when we bring up diversity and inclusion, that is something that we need for, you know, for the foreseeable future. It needs to be taught. It needs to be 
we can't make the same mistakes as the past, right? So we're growing and it's just, we're becoming better people. So I do want to get into a little bit of what the work that you do for Pitch Better because you and your co-founders support female-led startups. So for people who aren't as aware of, you know, the gender gap that female founders face, you know, how has the pandemic affected female-led startups? I think myself and Amoy, we, right now, we are, we're, we're constantly looking for funding. Um, Pitch Better was funded by, with, by ourselves. We bootstrapped this um, venture ourselves. And so we're constantly looking for funding. I don't know if anything has really changed for, for women really in that, in that area. I feel like things will change. There's just advancements, right? I think the U.S. election, Kamala Harris being the first female vice president in history, it's like, wow, you know, really it took this long for that to happen. And we're going to see women push through. We're seeing it. We're seeing women push through. We're seeing women in roles that we've never seen before. And we are, it's, we're unstoppable. There is no ceiling too great or too high for us to achieve our dreams. You're seeing so many female led startups popping up. You know, we did a pitch competition back in September and these business owners and founders are incredible, brilliant ideas. And they are so capable of playing in this field. So, you know, funding is there. We have access and we are showing, you know, women how to access the funding. It's never easy, you know, and I think for us being in business for so long, like, it's like you have to pay your dues and you have to just keep working at it. And I believe doors are opening. Doors are opening for the next generations to come. And you probably deal with, you know, looking for funding, you know, every day when it comes to the startups that you work with. So for aspiring founders and startup founders specifically, what would you say is the best funding option and how do you determine the best funding option that suits a particular company? Yeah, I think there's so much that goes into into deciding how you are going to fund your business. So we see a lot of women-led businesses, they bootstrap their way. And we are really opening the doors or shining a light on venture capital funding, angel investors, and you know, there's grants, there's loans, there's so many different ways to fund sponsorships, partnerships. And so we kind of show all of the different aspects and depending on what type of business you have, you kind of navigate the path that you're going to take. And so we are just really getting you ready for investors to look at your business, getting you getting you ready. What would you say to, because you mentioned shining a light on like venture, venture capitalists. So what advice would you have for female founders that, you know, are hesitant to pitch to 
I feel like venture capitalists is still male dominated. So what would yeah. you say to females that are just hesitant to pitch? You know, don't be hesitant. Like just prepare, <laughs> prepare yourself, right? Um, prepare your business, get your pitch deck ready, be able to answer questions, understand that this is not emotional, you know, or when you're pitching before investors, it's not, oh, like everybody loves my business because blah, 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 blah. It's just uh, women love this and this and this. It's numbers, right? We want the numbers. We want the stats. Um, The numbers do the talking. So preparing business owners in that respect is what we do and what we love to do. Also being confident, super confident. When you walk in that door, you have to know that you are worth it. Your company is worth it. And you have to believe that if you are, if you don't believe in yourself and the product and where, what is, what lies ahead, then it's not going to work. So, you know, we teach that confidence and really being able to put your best foot forward because that first impression is everything. Mm-hmm. Would you say that there is almost like a check, like a checklist that you use when you do work with startups of like, okay, you need to be, you need to have achieved, you know, X, Y, and Z before you are able or ready to pitch to VCs? 100%. We do. We have a, a pitch better checklist, a toolbox that we use. Um, in our workshops and in our uh, mentorship programs that businesses, you know, have to kind of check off to be ready to go. Yeah, I think it's important to have those checklists. And it's really great that you guys, you know, have some sort of formula to know Mm -hmm. that, you know, you need this, this and this before you are ready. When you so you mentioned that when you started, when you quit your full-time job and you started your company, you mentioned that you did, you know, have support when it came to other women. So how important was that community and how important has mentorship been for you throughout your career? It's so important. It's still to this day, you know, important, both Amoy and myself, we have mentors because when you start off in business, people think that oh, my family's going to support me. My friends are going to support me. People are going to buy my stuff. And it was just like, no, that's not going to happen. It's, they're the last people to support you. Strangers support you before, you know, like your parents or your family, they're like, they have no clue what you're doing. Like, they're like, I don't know what Adila does, but she does something. She's doing something like it's, you know, and they will support you the best way they can. But seeking mentors has always been because you you want to strive to be something or to attain a certain level of success. And that's what mentors do for me, as well as a coach, making sure that you are allocating a certain amount of funds towards your personal development and your business development every single year, right? How can I get better? How can I learn more? Every time you get to a new level, it opens more doors. So you want to learn as much as you can and you want to get to those new levels constantly. And your mentors 
you know, they've reached a level of success where they can guide you along the way. Right. And you never want to feel stagnant in your career. So I think it's important that you do set aside those funds to personal development, because I feel like a lot of people don't do that. They don't think that they deserve to spend money on themselves. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's why myself and Amoy, we were we were doing so we were at conferences last year because that's exactly what we were doing. We were learning from these business owners in the US. Um, people were flying in from all over the world to attend these conferences and we were there. We got to be a part of it. We got to see it. We got to really understand how it worked. And so that you have to do that. And like you said, a lot of people, they just put the money back into the business and they're just trying to push push, push the business. But then it's like, how can you really be efficient and effective? So you have to put money into that part as well. Yeah, 100%. I think too, when it comes to mentorship, I think a lot of young professionals do, you know, strive to have a mentor and look to have a mentor, but it's difficult to find the right person and the right match. So what has your experience been like actually finding a mentor and reaching out and continuing to follow up? For me, I have had several mentors along the way and I follow them from afar. Like they don't even know that I'm following them. I'm reading that, reading up on them. If they have a book written, I'm, I'm buying their book. I'm reading, you know, their steps, how they became who they are. And so when I actually do get the chance to interact with them, I can talk to them about things that are relevant in their field. So I do that a lot. So I have a lot of like virtual mentors that probably don't even know that they're my mentor. And then I make connections with people and I speak to them in a capacity of like collaborating or how can I assist you or I see that this is going, that you're doing this and this and this, this is what I do. How can we collaborate? And you just kind of learn from each other. I think too, um, a lot of people were like kind of looking to people that were way ahead of them when you could actually just look at your colleagues or people that are just one step ahead of you and you guys can collaborate and share information on so many different topics that it's like you're mentoring each other. Mm -hmm. Would you say that mentorship is more authentic when it comes naturally like that, when you do actually know the person and, you know, you are collaborating already on a day-to-day versus actually seeking out that mentorship and that specific person? I think so. I think having that relationship makes it easier to talk, you know, through different things and mentorship it's just like you know and being being a mentor myself it's i have like these genuine relationships with my mentees they're like my little sisters and they can call me for anything whether it's business or personal and we're, you know i'm checking up on them or they're checking up they're checking in with me and it's like it it doesn't feel forced they're never bothering me Um, They understand that my time is, you know, super valuable and there's a respect there. 
Mm-hmm. And I think too, people are so, and young professionals specifically are so afraid of reaching out because they think that it's, you know, it's not going to go their way. They're going to get a no, but you're honestly never going to know until you ask and until you really try to reach out to that person. So when it comes to networking, because I feel like that's such a huge part of building these relationships and meeting these people, what advice do you have for people that are maybe laid off or, you know, wanting to network in these times of COVID and not being able to obviously meet for coffee, which is, you know, the FaceTime is huge when it comes to networking. So how can people network right now effectively? Attend everything that you can. Like I, cause I believe networking is huge. It is how I got to build my network and it is the reason for my success. And you have to do it to, to grow. So attend everything you can. I mean, we just had a summit um, in September and we had people from all over the world. It became a global summit and there were people interacting, networking, um, vendors, you know, you could shop the vendor booths. It was amazing to see and it was free. So you can network now from the comfort of your own home, jump on these webinars, these um, summits, virtual summits, and start talking to people. You have to do that, especially as a new entrepreneur, a new business owner, a new founder. You have to connect with other people in your industry, especially. Um, It is the biggest thing for you to do right now. A lot of events are popping up. Like I mm-hmm. honestly, it's increased by so much and you can go on Eventbrite or just follow the companies yeah. that you, you know, truly are inspired by yeah. and they have something going on. 100%, exactly. So this is the new way of conferencing. Um, this is the new way of networking and Yes, we know the world will open up again, but you want when the world opens up that you have grown your network like times a hundred percent and you have met so many people. LinkedIn has become this incredible place right now to make connections. I would be on LinkedIn. I would be everywhere that you can be in your industry, like you said, and just make those connections, start the conversations and be memorable. If someone really wants to, you know, get to know about more about you and about your business, is there something that they can look forward to in terms of like you mentioned a summit or any events that are coming up for the end of this year or maybe next year in 2021? Follow our Pitch Better page if you're not following it already. It's at Pitch Better and you'll see our events. Um, you can go to our bio and click the link and you'll see everything that we have coming up. We also have our mentorship program that we're going to launch worldwide um, early next year. There are a few things that are going to be coming early in the year in 2021. Yeah. And I'll make sure to leave all of your, you know, socials in the show notes as well. So people can follow and just keep up with the things that are going on. Before we end things off, I do love to ask every guest that I have what their pinch me moment has been throughout their career. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say our Forbes article. So we were I read recently, it. yeah. We were recently featured in Forbes. And that was a pinch me moment. I have pinch me moments all the time. But that pinch me moment because um, my girlfriend called me and she was like, Addie, I remember us talking about Forbes and like me describing what the picture would look like. I knew we would be wearing black and I didn't even know it would be for Pitch Better. It was for one of my businesses, but it was Pitch Better and it, it was, it's come to life. So it's like dreams do come true and dream big. We have, you know, have your vision board and check those things off your vision board. It is entrepreneurship is a beautiful blessing it is not for everybody but if it's for you it is it is such a beautiful part of life and I would not trade it for anything so that is our that's my pinch me moment as of late yeah and I do want to say congratulations on that article because I read it and it's so amazing to just see you know your faces on there and just to hear more about you know, your experience and, you know, how you've been able to navigate the industry. I think it's always so empowering to see women in our industry be highlighted and spotlighted in media, because I think that's huge. Yeah, 100%. It is huge. And I don't even know if we've celebrated that yet. We'll probably celebrate um, before the year's ended, but it is, it's huge, you know, and you want to celebrate women doing doing incredible work. We're grateful. We're truly, truly grateful for that opportunity. I want to end things off with the best career advice that you've been given. Wow. The best career advice. I feel like you've probably gotten so many. Yeah. To just accept like not being comfortable. You know, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. If you're the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. You need to get out of that room and get into another room where you can be learning. You know, I think every every venture that we start, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a foreign language. I don't even understand this. Like, what is this? And then you see six months in, a year in, you're a completely different person because you've just learned so much. And people along the way will give you these incredible tips um, on how to just become better at your craft. And you just learn, like learning and excelling at what you do is, is the best feeling. But when you're just starting out and you're scared, feel that fear and keep going. I think that's really great advice. And it's, it means a lot coming from you because, you know, you've been able to overcome obstacles in your career and your business, and you've really been able to come out from the other side so much stronger. And, you know, you were just featured in Forbes. I think that's huge. And you're able to really just pave the way for women and these businesses and startup businesses specifically. And I just wanted to say again, you know, thank you so much for taking the time to really share your knowledge and really, you know, just 
speak to me about, you know, all things career, business, and really just shedding light on, you know, the issues that you have uncovered when it comes to female founders and female-led businesses. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been amazing.